Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. Once more with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. We're joined today by a man you've heard from many times before on the show, but you've rarely heard him this happy. Straight in, no kissing. Eric Duncan, what's going on? <laughs> How are you, Kevin? How are things, man? Not too bad. Very good. <laughs> Speak. Yeah. Eric, Eric, you're going to turn 37 soon. You're about to become a dad again. A happily newly married man. Um, mm. The boxing career, you bounced back recently with a win, but you've had some good news recently. Maybe... Finally, things might be starting to change uh, for the good, for the better. Yeah, the way you started off there sounded like things were going downhill, but actually going up, <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, yeah, life couldn't be better, really, for me. You it's know? a roller coaster, man. It is. Newly married, man. Yeah, and uh, as you say, going to be a father again, you know, which is really exciting times for Laura and I. So we cannot wait. And my two sons, Jack and Troy, they cannot wait either. You know, they're so excited about the possibility of um becoming big brothers like you know and uh it's all good but then obviously today i got wonderful news wonderful news everyone that knows me knows that the whole uh chapter professional boxing chapter of my life has been uh all about redemption about full you know uh, making amends and uh having no regrets um and I've been screaming out for a, a crack at a European Union title, EU European title for a good while. And I've got my chance in 2021 and I picked up a bad injury to the rib just before and I couldn't, I had to pull out of that on medical grounds, which is a real disaster for me. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> not that short, but uh, today I am, um, today I got wonderful news that I am now going to fight, uh, El Hadri, the French, uh, Super featherweight fighter, uh, boxer, um, thirteen and one. Uh, I'm going to fight him for the vacant EU European title um, in the coming months. So there you go. That's an exclusive for you. And um, I'm absolutely buzzing over the moon. Cannot wait. Well, look, uh, Bula Buzz from the imaginary crowd in the auditorium. Finally, finally, <laughs> yes, good man. Khalil El Hadri, uh, 26 yeah. years old, from a resident of Paris. 13 and one uh, last fought in October of 2021. I'm reading off his box track. I'm not too, too familiar with El Kadri. Mm-hmm. I know his name from the ratings. Hey, uh, we look at the, uh, the European EU ratings in the mm-hmm. super federates. We see you there perched nice in at number four. El Hadri's mm-hmm. in at number two. What's happening? How are the people moving around? What's going on that, that you're getting your shot four versus two? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's Gomez. Uh, Gomez was the, uh, uh, the champion, uh, uh, Spaniard. And, uh, you know, he's after defending it, I think once or twice maybe, and uh, successfully. And um, he's now been uh, awarded a, a promotion, uh, a mandatory status for the full EBU title uh, in the Super Featherweight Division, which was won recently by um, Zalfa Barrett, <laughs> my old friend wow. and foe. Uh, my old foe. So, um, and uh, my, you know, Barrett was exceptional as well, winning that title. But anyway, Gomez has vacated the EU uh, title. Um, the number one in the rankings is John O'Carroll, who is closing in on a world title shot. So he's kind of exclude, like, um, excluded from this in a way. Um, 
because he's he's chasing a, 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 a much, much bigger title. Um, as I said, he's chasing world honours. Number two is El Hadri, who's ranked number two, and he's been offered the chance to fight for the vacant belt. He's accepted. And uh, number three is Honcheri, the Italian, who has passed up on the opportunity, obviously, or something like that. Um, so I'm next in line. It's fell, it, it has fallen to me. Rank number four, if I want to fight El Hadri for for the vacant title. And guess what? I didn't have to be asked twice. So um, there you go. You know, it's uh, amazing. Absolutely incredible. And I just cannot wait for that. Well, as, you said, as you said before, you know, you, were, you posted up a picture of the rankings up on Facebook only a couple of weeks ago. You said, I'm still knocking on the door for a shot. Yeah. It's that reluctance to give up, refusal to quit, burning desire to succeed. And, you know, was the shot going to was the shot going to mm-hmm. come? Would the opportunity come your way? And then today the call came. You must have been buzzing when um, when the conversation took place. You know, I was, you know, because like over the like over the last number of years, uh, I, I've, I've managed to accept things for how they are, you know, um, you know, there was one once upon a time I used to get terrible down in the dumps and devastated when things didn't go my way. But I trust. I have trust in a higher power and I have faith and um, I work very hard and I, I operate from a principle of trying to do the next right thing. I try to uphold the, the values that I have, honesty, integrity, and just work my ass off and uh, hope that things come good and whatever happens, happens. And I just have to accept that. So like, I didn't know it was going to come around again, but when I looked at the, the latest rate, ratings and rankings, I thought, wow, you know, this isn't too bad because when I lost to Rabisi Ramirez, I was thinking, do you know what? Do I even want to go on again? I was, I was so poor in that fight. I was like, I know he's, he's an, a phenomenal athlete, world class, but I was so devastated and disappointed in my own performance after that. And, um, I didn't know what was going to happen in my career, you know, but, it's amazing, you know, when you just allow things to be and accept things for as they are. They're just meant to be. Things are meant to be exactly how they are. That's the way I live my life today. And uh, I said, you know, what's meant for me won't pass me, you know. And um, of course, over the last couple of days, I've seen the, the latest rankings. And, you know, I started to kind of get a bit excited again because I said, OK, look, looking at the way this, these rankings are falling, like there's there's actually a chance that I... Could you know? Even if it's not now, in the next short term, but somewhere over the next few months, I could probably get a crack, you know, at, at this title. But it's after coming sooner than I expected. And look, I just wasn't. I really am. I'm so excited, and I'm so happy for all the people that helped helped me out along the way, and all my sponsors who've been helping me this far. I really want to give them all, you know, all my team, my team as well, you know, my coach, my manager. You know, all my like all the people that helped me out, all my my say my coaches, my my coaches. I've worked with a good few coaches, and they've all contributed and helped me to get there. And um, and my family and my and my supporters. I just want to kind of, I'd love to give them all a really special night. And uh, you know, that's going to happen very very soon. Yeah, because how down the dumps were you after the Robisi Ramirez uh, defeat? It was it took place in Scotland. Back in February on the Jack Catterall versus Josh Taylor card. A lot of Irish interest on it. A lot of Irish eyeballs on it. Big opportunity for yourself. Up against it, Eric. You know what I mean? There's no point in dressing it up. It was a big challenge. We knew that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never really got going for you. And afterwards, I suppose, did, did you like you knew probably the level you were mixing with. Did you consider just packing it in at that stage? Or was there more of a... Because from what I heard uh, you say, it was more like, you just took it as a positive. I realized my level. I will now refocus at my level. Or did you really think, uh, okay, I'm I'm done here? Um, well, both, both really, like, you know, because like losing the fight was never, you know, like I've lost many times in my life. I came up short and trailed many times in my life, both inside the ring and outside the ring. So that was never really the big problem. Losing was never the big problem. Failing is never the big problem because them that de- de- those lessons are the most important lessons in life because they're the most they're the hurtful ones they're the painful ones and they teach us something you know they stop us in our tracks and um they they force us to look within you know to see what we can learn from this situation but it was just mainly my own performance and how devastating the when I said devastating it wasn't even that there wasn't a lot happening in the fight it was over before I knew it you know what I mean there wasn't a lot happening but my own kind of inability to to, I don't know, 
put in something really, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like, I felt like I didn't do what I should have done in the fight. And look, hindsight mm. and all that and retrospect is just one of those things. That I just have to accept it. But yeah, I didn't show what I could do. And I should have, there's a lot more, I had a lot more to offer, a lot more to um, to show. And I didn't. And that's why I, I was devastated, really, mainly. And then it did, did cross my mind where like I was kind of thinking, do you know what? Maybe is is the fight even there anymore? I don't know, you know. And you kind of go through these self kind of um these kind of reflections and inventories, you know, you're kind of like, what is it there? Is it not there? You know, but look, I got over that. I got over that bump and uh and the fire's in the belly. It really is, you know, and I just have to accept that I come up against a good one. I, I put. I was probably poor on the day. He was exceptional, and you know when you're coming up against somebody like that, and you're not bringing your A game to the table, then you know you're going to be in trouble. And that's what happened. And I, 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 I ended up um, paying the price for that. But look again, I know my level, and uh, I have to refocus and back to plan A, which was always my desire from the very start, which is to get a crack at a European. You know, and uh, here we are. You know, very, very close on making that become reality. Now, it's going to, you know, like the next few days, weeks are going to be very interesting because, you know, we've both agreed to the fight. Now it's going to be who wins the, well, if it doesn't go, to, they'll, they'll probably make us an offer or we make them an offer. If they accept or we accept, we don't know. But um, then it's going to obviously go to purse bids if, if, not, if neither of us accept. It'll go to purse bids and whoever wins the purse bids then will host the fight, you know. And I just really hope that my sponsorship team and my my team around me will get together and we'll 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 hopefully um make this fight uh bring this fight to uh Irish soil and um and uh go out with a bang. It will, it would be a dream come true for me and uh it just, I don't know. I, it's, I, so it's not a I, it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to have to travel to France to take on no, this fight. No, no, it's going to we're going to have to go like our teams are going to have to engage. You know, they're going to have to engage and communicate and come up with the the, the, the logistics behind the whole fight. So I just feel like things are starting to align. You know, um, and uh, have you got a shot at Kildare, Eric, Dublin? Um, no, look, I. To be honest with you, I think at the moment the way it is down south is um, it's still very much kind of like it's it's extremely difficult to put a show on down south. That's what the the word on the street is. That's what the the, the kind of um, rumors are. And I uh, from from boxing people, like you know, from managers, promoters, they just they're the way they're saying like it's just kind of it defeats the purpose of putting on a show. It kind of costs. Um, so there's a good, like if, if it is, if it happens in Ireland, it's going to be up north. So I reckon Belfast, somewhere like that. So, um, but look, it's in Ireland and that's the close, main thing. Close enough, and, uh, says you, close yeah, enough. It's, it's in Ireland and that's, that's the main thing and I cannot wait. <laughs> well, you've, you've brought good crowds to small fights. Like, you know, your last, your mm -hmm. last fight, you came back, you managed to get back on the board, win column. And Angel Gomez at the Europa Hotel beat him on points and six rounds in uh, in May, and mm -hmm. it was good going to get you know. So a lot of times you suffer a, a difficult loss, and then you can kind of spend a year out of the ring, and you then yeah. you have to rouse yourself, shake off the ring rust against the bounce back mm -hmm. opponent before looking at a serious challenge again. Whereas you've done yeah. it, you've probably done the right thing here. You know, you got back straight on the horse. You're fighting again three months mm -hmm. after your defeat to Ramirez, and now an opportunity has come your way. So yeah, yeah. you've brought big crowds to smaller kind of fights. So I'd imagine you'll be mobilizing a little army to go up for, for this one if you can secure an Irish uh, date. I'm telling you now, right? This is the truth. I don't think I'm going to have enough tickets to satisfy my fans for this fight. And that's the truth. If we get this fight in Ireland, I know there's going to be a lot of fans unhappy um, because they won't get a ticket because I know there's going to be so many wanting to come and watch me and support me and uh, hopefully, watch me make a dream come true. Ulster Hall, Eric, you must be aiming for the Ulster Hall or something like that. Then. Ulster Hall, possibly, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You have to talk to my manager about that. Like you know, so there's a couple of venues, I suppose, that you know, my manager. You'll have to speak to him about that. But um, look, there's even the possibility of TV. You know, why not? You know, 
um, I would love to get TV behind me for something like this, you know, especially if we don't get um, enough tickets to satisfy all the fans. It would be fantastic to have it on um, on maybe RTE, TG Car, who knows? Uh, yeah. I would love, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, so. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to play a little snippet here from a previous interview we did in April with your coach, Packy Collins, discussing your last bout and where he sees you at in your career. And you're only working with each other for about two years at this stage. So Pascal had some comments to make, and I'm sure you you might have heard them yourself, but I'll play them for our listeners here now. So, all right, here we go. Eric Donovan. Eric Donovan to me is, 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 you know, is... Oh my God, he's class. He's a class person and a class fighter and a class athlete. Um, however, you know, he hasn't been getting, he, he hasn't been having much activity in the last year or two. Um, he's getting that little bit older. You know, I, I still don't see that as a, as a downside, but it doesn't help. And then all of a sudden, you know, an opportunity comes, but it's against probably one of the best amateurs on the planet. Um, and I think he's going to prove that too. He's, he's just unbelievable. But, you know, Eric wanted his fight. I, I don't manage Eric, so I had no say over who he was fighting. Um, but he wanted his fight. I had a conversation before we even started camp, and I said, listen, Eric, this is a huge, huge, huge fight for you. It's going to be a very hard fight to win. It's all uphill. You're away from home. You know, you're fighting a two-time Olympic gold medalist. He's active. You are not. Um, he's a puncher. You know, so, you know, what do you think? Are you taking this for the money? Because the money wasn't great. But are you taking this because you believe it wins? So I actually believe I can win. So once I hear that, I say, okay, I'm going to give you every opportunity to win. Um, I did that with Eric. Um, he got caught with it. You know, it's funny because in the camp, in training camp, literally Eric just kept moving one way in the ring. Every day he kept moving to his left, away from Mera's left hand, because that was his big shot, big left hand over the top. So for eight weeks in training camp, just move away from that left hand. We figure out as the fight goes on, move away from that left hand. In the third round, Eric moves on to the left hand, he got caught a shot on the neck, not on the heads, on the neck, and spun him. And the ferocity of the shot spun him that he was actually dizzy, couldn't even stand up straight, and the referee made the right call and stopping the fight. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't a you know, it was nothing what is it? It was nothing that Eric could do about it. But he did move on to the left hand. And he said it, he said I moved the wrong way. However, Ramirez was such a clever fighter that he purposely moved him on the left hand. He kinda he he heard him like a sheep. You know, into the corner, away from his right hand. So he walked onto that big shot. So, you know, Eric's going to fight again in May. He wants to get that win and he wants to maybe fight for the Euro title. And who knows, he might call it there or not. But, you know, he's brave to take on such a fight. And, and Ramirez showed so much respect after the fight because he told Eric that all the big guys around UK, Europe were off for the fight and they all turned it down. So you got to, you know, give your kudos to Eric for what he did. Um, so there's a couple of minutes of Pascal Collins talking about your last fight, Eric. Uh, yeah. But he's, you know, he's he's outlined at the beginning, you know, your intelligence and how age could be a positive factor in your career as well. But he, he's paid tribute, I suppose, to your bravery as well for taking on that fight mm. and you know touching on what the what the dream remains that Euro title. So yeah. I guess uh, do, you probably still have more work to do together to do in the ring as well. And do you, have you guys put out a plan in order to fully gel things, you know, for for that one final push? Yeah, of course we will. Like, you know, um, we'll have a plan, you know, and uh, like I said, I, I enjoy working with Packy and uh, and Packy is a great coach and he's helping me to kind of, even though we're talking about getting older and all, he's helping me to kind of use my age to an advantage. Like he, sometimes I can still like train and exert energy or try and um, operate like I'm 26, you know, um, but I'm 36, you know, so Packy's just kind of, um, teaches me how to use my head more often, use my brain, you know, and, uh, you know, be smart in the ring, preserve energy and be effective in, in spouts, you know what I mean? And, uh, and not, you know, just go gun ho like all the time. I have to remember that, like I am 36, I am, you know, I have to be training and, and training smart, training wise, you know, um, not just going in and dogging myself all the time, you know, it's, a uh, this is a it's a tough game. It's a really, really strong game. Uh brutal sport, like, you know, and um I have to try and use every advantage that I have, um, or use my experience that I have to 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 the best of my advantage, you know, to the best of my ability. Um so look, this is a very exciting time. Packing knows that I want this so much. 
and I'm sure he 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 he'll be extremely happy um, to 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 know that 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 this has become a, a, a reality for us, and uh, it's going to be exciting over the next. Um, the next few months training camp is going to be so exciting. Yeah, you sound excited for the training camp that's coming up. Uh, I know uh, it's probably, you probably are missing out on training because like the rest of us, you're just watching that video over and over again of Julian Francis knocking out that uh, gobshite in the queue going into a nightclub or going into that uh, place over in England. Did you see that video, Eric, doing the rounds? There's, to be honest, someone sent me a video and then uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, but I did, ah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet because I've just been so busy now over the last, uh, over the last couple of hours, like you know, I had a few things on today and uh, a busy, but like it's it's like one of those things that you know you just have a load of WhatsApps and suddenly, yeah, yeah, um, you know your day is busy as well, so you can't like just see everything at the same time everybody else sees it. You know, there's a life to live, and I'm busy man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a probably most likely like a coked yeah. up little twerp who's going around pushing the bouncers. Uh, yeah. you know, shouting abuse. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. And uh, the big burly bouncer at the back, Julius Francis, just slowly walks over. His heart is barely beating. You can tell this fellow, well, once you know the conclusion of the video, you can tell this guy knows what's happening. He circles around behind the guy. And when your man turns around, he he puts up his fist to Julius Francis and bang, just one, one dig. And he's absolutely out cold in the recovery dude. position. Mm. Mess, wow. with the wrong, mess with the wrong dude. Mm. Um, have you ever seen People get, you don't have to name names. I wouldn't expect you to, and I wouldn't ask you to, but have you ever seen um, a fighter up against a mere mortal in the in the street? Like maybe someone pushing mm. them or someone, you know, pushing their buttons and seeing what can really happen when a fighter yeah. does Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen it, and it's a very dangerous thing. You know, it's a very dangerous thing for um, an average man to kind of, I suppose, confront a boxer or try and have a go off a boxer. And especially if they... Now I I don't I'm not sure if there was drink involved in this one, but it's it's even more dangerous when there's drink involved, you know, because already they're intoxicated, and then a boxer can deliver a punch with, uh, um, you know, devastating accuracy, uh, speed, and power, and uh, that punch hits you, um, you know, it can do a lot of damage, and then if you are intoxicated, you could be knocked out standing up, and then you fall and you bang your head off the ground, and that's that's where you know, a lot of brain damage can happen. A lot of, you know, the consequences, the effects can be absolutely devastating. So it's not good. It's really, really not good. And it's hard. It's not, it's for boxers as well. It's not a nice place for them to be either. Like, you know, because it's hard for them when people are provoking them and coming up to, you know, to try and have a go off them and, um, disrespecting them really you know it, happen, it happens though boxers do get challenged don't it does they? happen you're the hard man around oh i'll show you a hard yeah. man that kind of thing yeah yeah it, it does it happens you know what i mean but look to be honest man i don't like violence like you know i i i, I just have a, a terrible dislike for it like i don't even like i don't even like uh watching videos of, of violence you know street fights or anything i I just get a little bit queasy about it all, you know, and um, there, there's times where I've often even had to text friends of mine to stop sending me uh, gruesome uh, videos on WhatsApp because I, I, you know, anything with blood and, or, you know, anything that's in any way a bit violent or, you know, aggressive, I just don't like it. You know, it's not, I know that's probably a bit, sound a bit weird coming from a boxer, professional fighter, but I just don't like it. That's, that's it's, it. It's weird. I think it, it does already sound weird to me because I know you yeah, and I know boxers and I'm sure a lot of people listen to this in the boxing community and will totally get what you're saying but I think to the public at large yeah they would hear this and go so what you're, you're a professional boxer and you're telling mm. me you're effectively a pacifist what's going on there mm. yeah well I see boxing like you know as a, as a sport as a skillful sport a discipline a discipline sport um, the sweet science the noble art you know so when I see it like even though many other people would look at it as brutal violent and you know they're probably right because the professional game probably has elements of that, you know, and then the media and the fans of professional boxing as well, they bring a whole, you know, they're more aggressive, they're more passionate, they bring, they, they, they want to see that, they're vying for blood, they're vying for knockouts. Um, but for me, I look at boxing as just pure art, pure art and skill. And uh, even though I, I do know the professional game is, is on a different level in terms of... Um, kind of brutality and physicality and you know it, it is a more it, it is a more violent sport but i still try and look at it as a purist 
the way the way Irish boxing is is somewhat perceived abroad and particularly in North America is the kind of the rock'em sock'em robots, the the mauler, the brawler, maybe Mickey Ward and 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 guys of Zilk created mm. that or helped to help to craft that. But the modern Irish boxer is is more of a sweet scientist these days and is mm. you know I suppose with the uh, successful amateur program we have in Ireland over the last twenty years, the fighters that it's created have effectively been kind of slicksters. You look at you know Joe Ward, Jason Quigley, Michael Conlon, Katie Taylor, and yourself mm. and and many others. Like that's that's become for me what the 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 modern the modern definition of an Irish boxer is. Yeah, yeah. No, like to, to, to be fair, like you know, we've always been known as the, the tough fighting Irish, plenty of heart and guts, you know, for years and years, and we've always kind of lived up to that. But over the last number of, over the last probably twenty years, Ireland, yeah, Irish boxers have brought a little bit more to their game. Yes, they are, you know, very slick, uh, smart, uh, economical, conventional, like, um. But but they 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 still have that fight in them, you know that 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 Irish that kind of innate it's in our DNA that innate kind of fighting spirit it's always there. But we've added a bit more technical prowess to our game, and um, and you can see it like you know over the last while we, you know Irish boxers are mixing it with the best, you know what I mean in the world, and um, you know. You mentioned those fighters that you mentioned there now, you know, Joe Ward, you know, Jason Quigley, Katie Taylor and all, like all like world level fighters, you know, and, you know, Jason Quigley fought for a world title. I know that Joseph, uh, Joe Ward would probably be a world champion, hopefully within the next couple of years. And uh, Katie Taylor, we know, we know how good she is. So, um, yeah, there, there has always been, I suppose, that tradition that, uh, um, a, a long tradition of, um, Irish kind of uh, uh, the the Irish fighters bring a fighting spirit. They bring yeah. heart. They bring guts. But over the last number of years, we've we've added a lot more to the our definition game. has been refined. I kind of mentioned yeah. I, I bring it up to introduce the next. So we'll we'll just speak about a couple other issues now. But like the retirement this week of James Tennyson, your stable mate up there with Mark Dunlop. Mm. Uh, you've mm. done you, you fought James Tennyson when he was a young teenager in the amateurs. I believe he knocked you down, but uh, he is. He is uh, mm. uh, like that fighting Irish kind of quintessential old style definition, you know, yeah. hard puncher can, mm. you know, will go down, will put you down. And he, uh, mm. and, you know, I want to pay tribute to him at uh, retiring at the age of 28, twice Irish champion as a professional, mm. won the Celtic title, the, uh, the Commonwealth title, the British title, the European title, uh, put away the WBA international title on his way up. And you're thinking, mm. well, Tennyson might fight for world titles, challenged for the IBF world title against Tevin Farmer. And in his most recent bout, uh, took on uh, Strafon of Mexico for the IBO mm. and uh, suffered a first round knockout. And it looked like he was making a comeback a month ago. And, uh, you know, good times, good times back again, hopefully. But he's decided after a month, I suppose, of his into his comeback, maybe a bit mm. like John Duddy prior to taking on Andy Lee that time, just, you know, making a comeback, back training yeah. and then decided, I actually don't fancy it. And we were talking earlier on about you, coming back from your fight with uh, Robert C. Ramirez, but realizing I've still got the fire in my belly, but maybe Tennyson has found the opposite or something. I'm not, I'm not sure the ins and outs, but I want to pay yeah. tribute to him anyway on his retirement because he, uh, he gave a great t- decade of entertainment. Yeah. Oh man. What a, what a fighter. What a legend. What, what a nice boxing legend. Like, you know, um, and he kind of came under the radar as well. You know, he just knew what he wanted from a very young age. I boxed him as an amateur. I was very, very much uh, I had too much experience for him and he was only a youngster coming on I think he was only 17 when I boxed him and I was I was at least half a dozen years older than him anyway I'm not I'm not 100% sure but uh, you know he caught me 26 I think 26 yeah he didn't drop me though you know he, he he didn't drop me but I think he gave me a count you know he lifted me off the ground with a punch anyway he lifted me off the ground lifted me off my two feet um, freakish but yeah yeah just had great power but he did I think it, that, that might have been one of his final amateur fights he turned professional 17 18 years of age you know and he just knew what he wanted but um and um, you know by god he was something else he was just exceptional in terms of um raw ability strength just ferocious power and um and strength and a never say die attitude you know like as mark said my as my manager said and, and his man we share the same manager mark said it was 
it was a uh, all or nothing. It was either uh, knock knock him out or you're going to get knocked out. You know, and they were the kind of fights that he was in. You know, and anybody that follows boxing, I think like. If you don't, if you were not a fan of James Tennyson fighting, then you know you couldn't call yourself a boxing fan. You know he'd have you on the edge of your seat. Absolutely brilliant, and I loved watching him and so entertaining. And above all, though, I think you know, and this is very important. He's always been a gentleman. You know, a very humble man and a nice man. And uh, and any time I've ever talked to him or had any dealings with him, that you know, he's always just come across the very same way as he has on on TV or. Anything, just gentle, sound, humble, and uh, credit, credit yeah, to the sport. I'm, I'm sure that's a great a, legacy. There's a lot of love being sent his way on his retirement. Like James Tennyson, you said he came on the scene kind of under the radar. His whole career was kind of under the radar slightly. Like a lot of his even big fights took place on Sky Sports. He he did get to that Sky Sports matchroom thing at the end, uh, but you know they were still on at six and seven o'clock. But you knew, like, do not miss it. Like a lot of yeah. these undercards, I'd skip them. You know, I watched it. Yeah. I watched the last few, but you're not missing the James Tennyson fight. I don't care if it's on, on Facebook. You're not missing it. Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna electric shock someone like with his cattle prod punch, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, or he could go down himself. And we saw in his final bout, like against uh, I was in the arena when he lost his first fight. I think mm. in his fourth bout or something like that. To it was on the Frampton Jeremy parody fight. Mm. And he lost to a journeyman, and it was just because. He refused. He just he was so shocked at going down. He refused to take a knee. He refused to do yeah. the experience thing or whatever that you do. And he said, no, no, I'm going to get this guy. And he, he very nearly did. And he got he got taken out himself. Um, Look, against Kevin Farmer, he could have fought maybe a slightly different fight, but he just was so determined to just get down his throat. Um, and unfortunately, that didn't go his way. And like I, I wonder how he'll see his legacy. Will he, will he see it as a disappointment that he didn't win a world title? I'm sure he will. But, you know, if you're not in, you can't win. And he did challenge for one. And, uh, you know, he, no. I think he, he probably got, he probably got the maximum out of his abilities or maybe he could have got a little bit more, but. No, I think he said it. He said, he, didn't he say it in his own statement that, you know, he never, never really believed that he could achieve what he has achieved. You know, he went on to like achieve more than he ever could imagine. So there's a guy very happy and content with his career. And I think his legacy is one that, um, will 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 last a very very long time, and uh, I think young boxers coming up to the ranks have a lot to learn from him, and they can learn from him. And uh, you know, it just goes to show you losing a fight that early in your career meant, you know, it just strengthened his resolve. You know, it made him go back to the drawing board and and go again. But um, he came, you know, he went, he had some of his biggest wins in the away corner. You know, he was brought in to lose, and like it just goes to show you that like you have to take risks in this game, you know, that there is no, there is not going to be any straight line to success. So easy, smooth process, you know, sometimes yeah. you're going to just have to back yourself, get into that away corner and, and have a go. And James Tennyson did, he had a go all the time and he got knocked out in most of the fight, in the, a lot of fights that he lost. But yeah. that's because he went out on his shield every single time. If he wasn't knocking you out, he was probably getting knocked out. But because, he only knew one thing, and that was to well, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. That's not to diminish his ability or anything, but he was just a all action fighter. He was an all out, all or nothing. Yeah. And he wasn't the type of fighter that kind of played a safe or got up on his on his toes and moved around and tried to buy rounds or sneak rounds. No, he was all or nothing. He was in your face. No, always had he, a chance. Yeah, he, always. he broke your heart. Yeah. Well, like you see, when he won the British title, uh, like we saw what Gavin Gwynn did later on to Sean McComb. He made him, he made him retire on his feet. Made him, he did. Made him, made him quit. You know, but Tennyson, mm. no, like Tennyson broke him apart. And his greatest hour has to be the one of one of the finest Irish uh, guy, Irish European title wins. I know that that's your dream in boxing and professional boxing. And this guy did it after being hurt completely in the away corner, mm. being hurt. Fight was going one way. Martin J Ward was conclusively he was taking him apart yeah. bit by bit. And Tennyson yeah. just said, nah, nah. And he, he let him have it and he stopped him. And it was an incredible win. And it's every every Irish guy who goes into the away corner up against the odds should watch that fight and yeah. take something from it. And, you know, you've gone into the away corner yourself. And we've seen, you know, Ray Moylet recently and Spike O'Sullivan, Jason Quigley, tons, tons of his. Yeah. And, you know, with difficult challenges. And it's, it, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, you're set up, you're, you are set up to lose those fights and nine times out of 10. You're probably not going to win him, but then someone like James Tennyson comes along and just changes changes things, you know, with the power of his will, power of his punches. So what what a what a night that was as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, great athlete. And I wish him the best of luck with his family and his, on the next chapter. Um, He's only 28, he, Eric. You retired at 28. You came back at 31. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know. Maybe we could expect Jim Tennyson back at 31. <laughs> Who knows? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on it. But uh, I think he's very, very happy, and he should be very happy, and he should be extremely proud with the legacy and career that he has uh, left behind. And I wish him well in the in the next chapters of his life. We're speaking about violence today, Eric. Uh, in many ways, you know, the pacifist, the pacifist punching professional Eric Donovan, but also the the violence. Of James Tennyson and, and your stable mate there at Celtic Warriors, Jim Gary Spike O'Sullivan, mm. similar to James Tennyson, he goes out to take you out. And if you mm. know, he, he sometimes gets taken out himself. We saw him challenging uh, yeah. Landy Lara there for uh, yeah. a skilled southpaw. You know, yeah. that, was a, that was a difficult challenge. What did you think of it? And uh, what will you be saying to Spike when you meet him again? Or have you have you met him since that fight? No, I spoke with Spike on the phone, but I haven't haven't met him face to face yet again now. But um, you know, I told him I, like he should be very proud of himself, you know, and. Everyone at Celtic Warriors Gym is very proud of him. You know, he's a, he's a leader in the gym, you know, and he's um, he's always great for support and he's always, you know, there to help out in any way he can, you know, with advice or just, you know, you know, just using his own experience to, to, to kind of help others. And um, he's a stalwart of Irish boxing, Spike is, you know, he's, um, he's, he's as honest as the day is long in his fight, you know, and... Uh, He's incredible. And just like James Tennyson, he gives it his all. If he doesn't put you away, you know, he might end up getting put away himself. You know, but he can be so, so proud of his career. He's only lost to the to the to the very, very best world champions. Not only world normal world champions, double two eight world champions, two division world champions, two time world champions, these type of fighters, you know, um, exceptional fighters, world class fighters. And um, to be fair, with the exception of the um, what was the fight that he Lemieux, with the exception of the Lemieux fight, yeah. is the other three, the other world champions, he gave them a good run for their money. You know, he even gave Lara a good run for his money, like you know, and he, he's nothing to be ashamed of, Spike. Um he can be very, very proud. And but the other thing is he's still there, he's still hungry and he still wants it, you know. So he should come like maybe come back to the light middle, I think, you know, that's where he's at his strongest, you know, and uh Maybe he'll have another one or two before he he hangs them up. But I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him get a crack, you know. And uh, you just never know with boxing. You know, boxing is one of those strange things. I remember Lee Wood giving out that he didn't have uh, uh, an opponent or a date to defend his British title, you know. And within a couple of weeks of him giving out on social media, he was propelled into, uh, catapulted into a world title fight <laughs> against, uh, remind me, what's his name? Um, Kanzu, uh, Kanzu, and uh, he he becomes world champion, and then he you know he he becomes world champion, defends it against Michael Conlon in an all time classic, you know, and he, and there you go, look, he, a guy that was given out about not having a defense for his British title is now suddenly a world champion, you know, yeah. and and probably you know probably has a chance to kind of unify the division or off to Vegas you know, if he wants, yeah, it's changed his whole life. That's what I'm saying. So. Boxing is one of those things where you have to be always ready, just always ready to take a to take your chance, take your opportunity. Um, so you know, credit to Spike. You know, he's some boy, he's some some fighter, and uh, he again, he always gives it his all. And people don't like just to put it into kind of. I, I don't even know how to put it into context for some people. I know how tough a sport like boxing is because I've been seeped in it for all my life. It's a hard, it's the hardest sport in the world toughest loneliest game as well at times you know and like Spike has been in there he's come up short on some of those biggest occasions in his life against likes of Saunders Eubank Lemieux Lara Mungai you know but I tell you he has he has given a great account of himself every single time so there you go you were speaking about boxers taking their opportunities there when they come and it brings me nicely on to the amateur success of the last couple of weeks. Lisa O'Rourke, world champion. Amy Broadhurst, world champion. Gabrielle Dawson, European champion. And Dylan Eagleson, what a newcomer, European silver medal. What yeah. did you make of the last couple of weeks? Because there's obviously so much turmoil going, in, going on outside. All these successes happened after Bernard Dunn had stepped away as Irish Boxing's high-performance director. You know, so Maybe the perception mm. from the outside was that the teams are going to struggle. But I suppose once they have Zorantia and his and his other support staff, the other coaches there, they're gonna be on an even keel. But 
What did you think of the last couple of weeks, anyway? Yeah, I just think the last couple of weeks have been phenomenal for Irish boxing, you know. But am I surprised? No, not really. Because, you know, we have an incredible tradition in this country. You know, we have a rich kind of a uh, tradition and heritage when it comes to boxing. You know, we've been performing uh, exceptionally well in this sport for, as you know, for a very long time. You know, we are we punch well above our weight. And... Uh, and it's the clubs across this country. Yes, you talk about Zoranti and you talk about the high-performance team. We have an incredible high-performance team, professional, elite, top-class, really, really top-class and top-class coaches and top-class um, facilities and, and everything else. But it's the coaches and the clubs, the length and breadth of this country that, you know, where all of this kind of developmental work is going on, building at grassroots level, building these youngsters, putting in the time week after week after week, year after year, and developing them. And I always say it that these amateur boxing coaches at grassroots level all across this country, they're more than boxing coaches. They're life coaches. And they become almost mentors and teachers for these young boxers who um who who are just looking for direction in life, many of them, and looking to try and reach their full potential. And those coaches that are um, helping them become, they become that kind of vehicle, you know, they become those mentors in their life, like a vehicle for change. A lot of these clubs um, become that and help these guys to to get to a certain level. So I'd like to kind of pass on um, credit to all of them uh, and to also give credit to the, to the, to the boxers who, who won, who brought back that silverware, like incredible Amy, Amy, Amy Broadhurst, like Amy Broadhurst has been producing over the last number of years, multiple European champion, world champion. Now that's incredible. I just mm. think it's fantastic. And it's great to see the Loud County Council giving her a civic reception as well. Lisa O'Rourke, Eve O'Rourke, they're just incredible what they're doing. You know, Eagleson, I thought he was absolutely exceptional. A breath of fresh air. <laughs> Loved watching him. Loved watching him. I thought he was just absolutely brilliant. Like he- a, Absolutely outstanding. Like, like a, a fighter that's been around for donkey's years, but he's actually only in his first major competition. Just like a it really like he, of fr- It was like he had rocks in in his gloves. Yeah, and, really and he had of, every bit of confidence and cockiness yeah. as well. His distance, his time, and everything is just exceptional. Yeah. And then Gabriel Dawson as well, who's had a bit of misfortune and hard luck over the last couple of years, but never stopped drafting and never stopped believing in himself. And for him to kind of come up. Uh, Trumps in the end, and what a middle, what a middleweight tradition we have in Ireland. Like you mm. know, we've produced some middleweights in this country, but overall, I'm really, really delighted for our team Ireland and um, buzzing for Paris 24. You know, I just, it's really, it's really sad to see that boxing as well being kind of touted or uh, earmarked for potential exclusion from the Olympic Games. Like, how sad would that be if that actually like and that's a very real possibility for boxing to be unbelievable. Removed. Yeah, it's just and, and the sport the sport produces the most wonderful athletes, wonderful people, but it just lets itself be bought at the top level, amateur and professional, by people who should be nowhere, mm. abs- absolutely nowhere near the sport. And you look at the amateurs; uh, they've allowed the Russians now in. You know, there's mm. a lot of Gazprom money. Uh, yeah. The the head of the amateur bo- uh, international amateur boxing association, you know, suddenly came from nowhere and. Um, their debts are cleared, they've got loads of money and they're not cooperating with the International Olympic Commission. or yeah. So like they're going to, you know, they are making their beds and it's not a good one. And they probably think, oh, well, down the line, we'll run boxing and we'll, yeah. so what if we're not in the Olympics? We'll have the Worlds, there'll be big prize mm-hmm. money, we'll have the European, we'll have prize money in mm-hmm. that as well, the Continental Championships and that's very, it could yeah. be and that might be the incentive. Like, mm. look at the prize money that Lisa O'Rourke and Amy Broadhurst took home. 100 grand each, $100,000 each. Maybe yeah. that's going to soften the blow of not getting to the Olympics if that's the way yeah. it's going to be. But I don't yeah. know. But like, like looking at the in-ring success, it was some of the best storylines that I always love mm. to see. Like father and daughter, Amy Broadhurst and Tony, Tony Broadhurst. Like the father-son's yeah. father-daughter story is is rich yeah. in Irish boxing. From Michael Carew yeah. to Katie Taylor, the gold medalist yeah. trained by their own fathers. And there's fighters all over the country like that. But also then, Adam, John Connolly. Connolly yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then... And then you look at uh, Gabriel Dawson, like, you know, his mother came into Ireland as a refugee from, from Africa. Yeah. Uh, he's trained at the Olympic Boxing Club by Mike Mungan, a traveler. 
And like yeah. you put these two people together and Dawson is yeah. sensational. You've mentioned Irish boxing's middleweight tradition. Dawson fits right in there with all of them. Like you could see him. Yeah. Imagine the fights he'd have with Darren Sutherland, Andy Lee, yeah. even, yeah. you know, so many of them. And he, he fits perfectly in there. Uh, but the stories, like you say, for me, the stories for me were the newcomers who emerged. We knew mm. they were good from the European under-22s, Lisa O'Rourke mm. and Dylan Eagleson. Both won medals there only in March. But the way they emerged into senior competition mm. and just swept all before them, effectively, uh, I know Eagleson yeah. lost in the final, but the way they swept all before them just was, uh, it was a good sign of things to, things to come if, if the amateurs can be managed. Well. No, it really it's is. Crossed. And then you've got, you've got the, you know, you've got the, 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 the combat games coming up now very soon as well. So, you know, you've got your Olympic medalist, Aidan Walsh, going, you know, going to that combat games. Um, you know, Jude Galler is a fighter that I'm working with and uh, he's been on the road over the last couple of weeks winning his fights, winning the tournament in um, Eidenhoven in, in Holland. And uh, he had a, he had a, a good fight in, in Sardinia there at the, at the weekend. Uh, it was a draw, would you believe? Amateur fight, a draw. <laughs> to be honest, he actually won on the unanimous. I looked at the fight, I watched the fight. In my opinion, he won on the unanimous decision, hands down. But over there, it's quite hard to get anything. So you can imagine uh, getting a draw out there. Um, it just tells you everything you need to know. But like Jude is one of the, the best kind of prospects, you know, in this country, you know, at the moment. And um He's really hitting great form. He's only 20 years old, you know, to think that he was an elite senior champion two years ago at 18 years of age. Then he kind of shifted, he changed weight divisions and he's developing over the last while. So, like, the talent that's in this country with the Olympic Games only two years away, uh, and, well, the qualifiers for the Olympic Games only 12 months away probably, you know, and probably even sooner. And um, The talent that's in this country is just incredible, exceptional. And uh, going back to the point that you mentioned there, uh, or that we spoke about, if the Olympic game, if boxing is removed from the Olympic Games, I think it would be a, it would have a devastating effect on the sport in this country. Eric, uh, we have a whole show to do in future on the few, on the prospects in Irish professional boxing coming through at the minute of a list of names. But we've gone on so long, I'll, uh, we'll do it again. But just before we go, who, which of your fellow professional boxers? Maybe I'm I'm talking about a younger man or woman. Who's catching your eye? Who's one to watch for the listeners? Um. Yeah, great question. I think, the, the, you know, Lewis Crocker, you know, Pierce O'Leary, these guys are, you know, really making great waves in in in, in the in, in the boxing. Gary Cully as well, exceptional. You know, I think like fellow Kildare man as well, like what he's doing, like he's ranked, he's ranked in the top 10 in a couple of the world uh, government bodies, like, but he has no more, like, you know what I mean? So, I think, you know, he's Irish champion. He's won an international belt as well. So, like, you know, and he's still only very young too. So, there is great, um, a lot of those ex-NTK boxers like Crocker, Cully, and O'Leary are gonna they're gonna face an uncertain couple of a year or two. Anyway, they might fall on their feet elsewhere. But you know, this that's that's the game, isn't it? Like I suppose I'm looking mm -hmm. at uh, the couple that stand out for me anyway, and we, we will spend a, a bit more time going over this in mm -hmm. future. But the ones who are exciting, I guess, given where they are, given circumstances, you're looking at Callum Walsh over in America. Sorry, Tom, yeah, Callum Walsh, brilliant. Thomas, yeah, Thomas Carty in your own gym there. Yeah, uh, the McKenna brothers still, you know, still. I think they're back out soon as well. Agiarco, he's probably a bit. Agiarco, Dillamore, and they're probably further along in the career, waiting for a chance. But uh, Agiarco yeah, as well, I like I like Agiarco. I really like his style. He's great. Uh, he's got great potential, and I think he'll go very, very far. The uh, Thomas Carty, yeah, the tank I call him. Uh, Thomas the tank, yeah, he's he's doing really, really well because you know what he he has. What a lot of people don't get in their professional careers is he's 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 working with elite level professionals from the beginning of his career. You know, Tizora, uh, White, um, Joshua O'Coley, yeah, lots uh, of O'Coley, Anthony Gergovich. Joshua. He's working with all these guys and he's developing along. So you know, uh, do you know what they say? If train hard, fight easy. So um, he's he's doing really really well, and he's going to have a great future. He's a, he's got a lot going for him, like you know, and he's in he's in good hands. Eric, before we go, what do you do now? You're you're waiting for your fight to be made. Do you start training really hard immediately? Yeah, or do you just t tip along? What do you do? I'm training away at the moment, you know, and uh, I'm working with a strength and conditioning coach, Sean Kilroy, who's brilliant. You remember Sean Kilroy used to box? 
years ago, won a couple of Irish titles, the Holy Family, Boxing Club and Drada. So right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that's tough. He's, an, he, he's, a, he's a doctor now in, in sport and exercise, and he's a lecturer in DI, uh, DKIT. Uh, so he has, uh, he's very, very smart man and uh, very experienced uh, around the whole area of strength and conditioning and training. So I'm working with him. I'm going to put in a brilliant camp and uh, obviously, obviously be working with Packy and uh, and in Celtic Warriors gym, developing, getting myself into the best possible shape uh, I can be in for this fight. And in the coming weeks, we'll know more about the finer details, the date, the location and all of that. But for now, it's all systems go. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's not about having to get ready. You have to be ready. And I'm in the process of being ready. Well, that's super featherweight. You don't need to probably lose all that much weight, so you can you can focus on tactics. A super featherweight, I think, is probably the optimum way. Even though, like, I felt afterwards after the Zafabara fight that, like, maybe some featherweight was, you know. But look, I am getting older. It is getting harder to make weight, so I think it probably is for me now at this age. I will be thirty-seven fighting for this title. I think the, the 50, 59 kilogram country. Will 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 be the, will be a good one, and I have the three month training. Like if we're looking at having this fight say in August September, I have that 10, 12 weeks period now to have a really good uh, physical training camp and get myself strong and ready for. Well, Eric Donovan, thank you for the exclusive, and good luck in uh, the next few weeks. We'll catch up again soon, certainly before your fight. And pleasure. Uh, we'll take it from there. Pleasure as always, Ken. Man. Lily White Lightning joining us today to tell us about his upcoming EU Super Featherweight title shot. The dream continues. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.